0: Section Fourteen of My Strange Rescue. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. My Strange Rescue by James MacDonald Oxley. Section Fourteen In the Nick of Time. "'Will you be out to practice this evening, Charlie?' asked Rob Mackenzie of his friend Kent, as the two who had been walking home from the high school together parted at a corner. "'Indeed, that I will,' was the reply. "'And every evening, too, until the match comes off. It'll take all the practice we can put in to beat those Riverside chaps, I can tell you.' "Sure, What makes you think they'll be so hard to beat this time?' returned Rob we've always had our fair share of the game so far so we have but they didn't have sam massey playing with them sam massey who's sam massey exclaimed rob in surprise don't you know who sam massey is why he's one of the first twelve of the torontos replied charlie looking somewhat astonished at his friend's ignorance then how on earth can he play with the riversides asked rob can't we protest oh that's all right enough his uncle lives in riverside and he's staying with him for a while so we can't object to his playing Hm! growled rob it's a pity we can't we've got nobody to match him i don't think it's a pity at all returned charlie cheerfully i'd a good deal rather see a cracked player like sam massey and get some points from him than object to his playing even if he gains the match for the other fellows we'll do our best to give em a good day's work anyway so let's practice hard and charlie went off whistling there was an intense rivalry between the villages of riverside and heatherton in the matter of lacrosse each village had a good club in which not only the players but the people also took a hearty interest and the matches that were played once a month alternately in each village during the season never failed to draw out to see them everybody in the population that could possibly manage to be present they were always played on saturday because then the farmers from roundabout came into the village to do their week's business early in the morning and by rushing things a little could easily get through by three o'clock then they and the shopkeepers and the rest of the village folk would adjourn to the lacrosse field and have a lively time of it shouting and cheering and laughing as the game went on before them charlie kent and rob mackenzie were the two youngest members of the heatherton lacrosse twelve and they naturally felt very proud of their position which they had won by proving themselves the best players in the high school and thereby attracting the attention of the heatherton captain quite early in the season the day when big tom brown called them both aside and invited them to play with the first twelve was one of the proudest in their lives and tom had had no reason to regret his invitation on any game that summer for the two young cubs as he called them proved themselves very useful additions being quick careful plucky and best of all thoroughly obedient always doing exactly what he told them the next match with riverside was of special importance because it would be the final and decisive one of five which the two clubs were playing for a fine set of silk flags which had been offered as a trophy by some generous friends of lacrosse in both villages each club had won two matches and now on the approaching saturday the fifth and final match would take place rain or shine the rumor of sam massey being with the riversides had reached heatherton early in the week and caused no little concern some of the players being disposed to make a protest if he appeared on the field and even a refusal to play but tom brown would not listen to them sam massey was for the time being at least a resident in riverside and to object to his playing would be acting in a way he did not approve of so the dissatisfied ones were fain to hold their tongues the eventful saturday came and was as fine as heart could wish it was heatherton's turn to have the match and the home team rejoiced at this because it would in some measure compensate them for the advantage their opponents undoubtedly possessed in having sam massey with them never before had so large a crowd assembled to watch the match it really seemed as if half the population of riverside and three-fourths of the population of heatherton had turned out the whole field was surrounded with a fringe of spectators ready to applaud every good point in the game in due time the riverside team made their appearance looking very jaunty in their blue jerseys caps and stockings and white knickerbockers and all eyes were turned upon them to discover the redoubtable sam massey it was easy to distinguish him from the others and he certainly was a dangerous-looking player he was not of more than medium size but the perfection of his condition the graceful ease and quickness of his movements and the unfailing accuracy of his catching and throwing as the team indulged in the usual preliminary exercise impressed everybody with the idea that he fully merited his reputation Charlie kent's place was centre-field his quickness and steadiness entitling him to that important position while Rob McKenzie was the next man between him and the opponent's goal. Charlie was very anxious to see where the Riversides would put Massey, and was not at all sorry when that player took his place at cover point. For now, he would be certain to cross sticks with him more than once during the match, and find out just how strong a man he was. Amid the breathless suspense of the spectators, the two teams lined up, were briefly adjured by the referee to indulge in no rough play or fouls and then in pairs departed to their places the white and blue of the riversides contrasting picturesquely with the white and crimson of the heathertons as the players strung out from goal to goal are you all ready cried the referee the captains nodded their heads the two centre-fields kneeled opposite one another for the face the ball was placed between the lacrosse sticks and with a shout of play the referee sprang aside and the struggle began there was a second scuffle between the two centres and then the heathertons raised a shout for Charlie had got the ball away from his opponent tipped it cleverly to rob who after a short run had thrown it to outside home and the riverside goal was in danger but before outside home could do anything massey was down upon him with a swoop of an eagle with a sharp check he knocked the ball off his stick then picked it up at once and dashed away down the field dodging in and out between his two opponents like a veritable eel not until he reached the heatherton cover point was he obliged to stop and then he took a shot at goal which but for the plucky goalkeeper putting his broad chest squarely in the way would certainly have scored Back the ball went, however, to the other goal, and continued thus to travel up and down for fully fifteen minutes before some skilful passing and sharp dodging on the part of the Heathertons brought it in front of the Riverside goal, when, after a hard tussle, it was swiped through by a lucky stroke from Charlie Kent. Great was the elation of the Heathertons at scoring the first game. Guess they're not invincible after all, if they have Sam Massey said charlie to captain brown mustn't crow too soon charlie replied brown cautiously we've got the afternoon before us yet when the riverside's thanks to a brilliant run of massey's won the next game in five minutes charlie felt somewhat less confident and when after a severe struggle then by a pure piece of luck took the third game in twenty minutes he began to feel a little down in the mouth but the winning of the fourth game by the heathertons braced him up again and he went into the fifth and final struggle with a brave and determined heart the excitement had now become intense it had been agreed before play commenced that the game should be called at six o'clock and if not then finished played over again at riverside the following saturday the heathertons fully appreciated the advantage of playing on their own ground and were determined to settle the fate of the flags before six o'clock if at all possible the riversides were equally determined to play out the time if they could do nothing better accordingly they concentrated all their strength upon the defence and surrounded the redoubtable sam massey with the best men in the team once more charlie kent won the face and again tipped to rob who did not fail to send it well down towards the goal but the stone wall defense quickly sent it back again and again the rubber sphere went flying through the air or bounding along the ground toward the riverside goal and again and again it returned not even being permitted to stay there a moment the minutes passed quickly and six o'clock drew near charlie can't you and rob manage to get that ball down between you never mind your places just play for the goal Said Captain Brown earnestly to Charlie. All right, Captain, we'll do our best, replied Charlie as he passed the word to Rob. As luck would have it, the Riversides, grown bold by their success, opened out their defense just then and moved nearer the Heatherton goal. Charlie's quick eye noted the change of tactics instantly. Look sharp now, Rob, he called, and Rob nodded meaningly a moment later the ball came flying his way and springing high he caught it cleverly amid a howl of applause from the spectators then signalling rob to keep parallel with him he dashed off at full speed towards the riverside goal Charlie was lightly built and long-winded and constant practice had made him the fastest sprinter in heatherton but he had never run before as he had then the onlookers held their breath to watch him as he sped on one two three opponents were safely passed by brilliant dodging and now only sam massey stood between him and the goal he knew it would be useless to try to dodge sam but there was a better play before sam could reach him he tipped the rubber over to rob instantly sam turned upon rob and brought his stick down upon rob's with a resounding whack but the ball was not there already it was rolling towards charlie who had continued straight on and scooping it up from the ground with a straight swift overhand throw he sent it flying through the goalposts just in time to allow the cry of goal goal to be triumphantly raised ere the six o'clock whistle sounded the hour for calling the game charlie kent was of course the hero of the day sam massey brilliantly as he had played was quite forgotten but he did not forget to come up and clap charlie warmly on the back saying bravo my boy you'll make a championship player some day you must come up to toronto we want your kind up there end of section fourteen